0: Chew the Clock is here for episode 18. As always, I'm Peter Gibbs, and this is a Viewpoints production. Today's episode was recorded on March 22nd. Today, I'm going to be doing a deep dive on baseball with its win on March 17th. I'm also going to have a special guest for that one, so stay tuned. I'm also, just like the previous weeks, going to be bringing you the podium, where I highlight the top three games from the last week as well as the Hayden Kulik Power Hour this week. It's a very baseball-heavy episode, but Hayden and I will be sitting down and talking World Baseball Classic because that was incredible. And finally, to round it all off, we will have the buzzer beater, where I give the biggest headline from every major sport, as well as every Southern California sports team. Without further ado, let's play that intro. Joining me now to talk about baseball, specifically the game on March 17th, is our sports staff reporter, Seth Haygood. Welcome to
1: the show. Thank you. I'm uh, glad to be here.
0: (laughs) It's good to have you. So today, we're going to talk about that game. You and Mm -hmm. I were both at it, actually, but I want your overall thoughts on what you saw and just the strengths and weaknesses of the team. So let's start off. What did you see that really stood out to you from that game?
1: Uh, RCC was very conservative um, at the start of the game. They were playing it safe. um, And, I mean, they had the error uh, that worked in their favor uh, in the first inning, Um, but they were were playing it very conservative um, the first few innings. Uh, And then uh, after that, uh, the last few innings, uh, they uh, they ramped up the pace a little bit mm-hmm. um, and just won the game.
0: Yeah, you know they they started off so hot in the first two innings. I think it was five nothing, and then yeah, I think they like that, they yeah. did stumble a little bit in that fourth. Yeah, like but third,
1: fourth, was it fourth, fifth? Yeah, somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah.
0: But after that, they were. Pretty good about maintaining the lead, and then they add it on towards the end. So yeah. uh, they're a team that can turn it on at any point. It's just getting it going. Yeah. Uh, we had talked with, I believe, Adrian Arachiga after yeah. the game. Yeah. And we were talking about the team's overall thought process and game plan when it comes to mm-hmm. their approach at the plate specifically hitting the ball to the opposite field. Yeah. Is that something that you think they can ex- can succeed with throughout the season at all?
1: Possibly. Um, I feel like if they keep going at it, then maybe at some point teams will start to find out and figure out, you know, hey, they're going the opposite way with the ball. Um but I don't see it as too much of an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just depends. Uh,
0: Before we get on to the strengths and weaknesses, I want to touch on their starting pitching. They Mm -hmm. had David Butler, who's a returning sophomore this year. Killed it. He was incredible. (laughs) Killed it. Like you said. Uh, What really stood out to you
1: from his performance? The fact that he didn't get tired he paced himself throughout you know a hundred or so pitches Mm -hmm. um throughout eight innings nonetheless yeah that's that's really good yeah um and you know he was uh he had a few struggles in the uh i think it was third fourth inning Mm -hmm. uh, again um and um but he just uh was calm cool collected and uh eventually sealed the game.
0: Yeah. Uh, It was really good. You know, he was pitching really well. Like you said, he killed it, so uh, good to see that. He didn't
1: let the pressure get to him at all.
0: It's a Uh, really strong team throughout. I don't think there's one weakness on the roster per se, uh, but what is one weakness that you think could be the downfall for the team as the season goes on? Um... because I would say, and I know it's a tough question because yeah. they're so good, but I would say it would be small errors getting to them because they had yeah. Yeah. in that fourth inning when they gave up the runs, they yeah. had a throwing error by the catcher to the third baseman, and they did have a couple slip-ups in center field. Yeah, there was a there's a guy that slipped,
1: Yep, I believe, yeah.
0: And that might be due to the weather, but... Yeah. Uh, I think overall it
1: rained. I think it rained the previous day I think so
0: yeah so overall I think there aren't many weaknesses but if they have a couple
1: things pile on then it can really throw them off a bit yeah and then I mean just injuries as well um, there was uh, in the game um, Matthew Bartowell yeah uh, only had one at bat and it was in the ninth inning um because uh, of some lingering injuries. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. So, you know, if, if he can stay healthy, then, um, then you know, I, I think they can go pretty far. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of dealing with those injuries and um, staying healthy. True. Uh, I like that.
0: What is the biggest strength that you've seen? I know there are a lot of strengths, so we'll, <clears throat> we'll, we'll wrap it up. What's the biggest strength?
1: consistency
0: that's a good one I I, I wasn't expecting consistency to be honest I was thinking offense or pitching but consistency is a really good
1: answer to that one I think they've I mean obviously a few errors throughout throughout, but overall throughout the big picture of the season um, they've been consistent uh, you know 12 straight wins yep it's ridiculous <laughs> that's true we did
0: oh, i've totally forgot
1: that we didn't you touch know. on that i mean they yeah. won 12 straight
0: yeah so conference play swept them or yep. swept twice two in a row two consecutive sweeps yeah. of conference opponents it's mm-hmm. really hard to do that really good overall so yeah uh we'll see how the rest of the season goes this yeah. rain is going to throw
1: things off a little bit i feel but uh I have, a, I have a huge feeling that, you know, they, they can go very far. Yeah, I mean, they their, are— Their whole team looks very
0: good. They're reigning state champions. Yeah. They have the expectation of doing it again, so yeah. we'll just see if they can do that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt they, they couldn't. Yeah. Anyways, so thank you, Mr. Seth Haygood, for joining the podcast today. Thank
1: it's you for a having pleasure. me.
0: Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, Listener, you can find Seth's work. He has done two stories so far this semester. Both are on viewpointsonline.org. He covered a women's basketball playoff game, and he also covered baseball this past week. So, thank you, Seth. We will see you you next time. All righty. Next up, we have the podium. Our third place game for this week is the baseball game that I just went over with Seth. Here are some of the notable stats from the game that we didn't mention. Sophomore pitcher David Butler went eight strong innings. And, you know, they play nine, so he pretty much went the whole game. And he pitched exactly 100 pitches. What I thought was really cool was we mentioned that fourth inning where Butler really struggled to get everybody out and there were a few bad plays behind him. But after that, he retired 14 straight batters, which if you're doing the math is pretty much the rest of his outing. Really good performance from Butler. On the offensive side, Dominic Dominguez had three hits and he went three for four to help lead the team. He was a big part of that first inning rally where they ended up scoring three runs and ultimately taking the lead and never looking back. Taking home the silver is actually the men's tennis team and its victory over Rhodes College on March 17th. It was a close battle between the two squads, and ultimately, RCC defeated Rhodes five sets to four. What was most impressive was the Tigers played this game the day after sweeping Wheaton College. So, pretty much, you know, you have the main guys getting some reps in on... A Thursday which was the March 16th game against Wheaton and then they come back and they play a hard-fought match a whole good day of tennis against a tough Rhodes college team the men's tennis team is now eight and two on the year and they're looking dominant like they, they aren't really struggling against guys every match is close it's gonna be good to see what they do in the future and winning the top spot on the podium we have the walk-off win by softball against Moore Park College on March 18th. This was the second game of the day for the Tigers, and it looked as though they were done for the day, heading into seventh inning. But Riverside came in clutch and scored five runs in the inning, five to come back and win. But here's the best part. They ended up tying the game with a grand slam by Sarah Franco Colise. And then, one batter later, Alyssa Carlisle ended it with a walk-off home run. That not only gave RCC the win, but helped them sweep both games on the doubleheader. So to recap, we have the bronze going to baseball with its win over OCC. The silver is going to go to tennis, men's tennis, on winning on the second consecutive day. And the gold is heading off to softball with the walk-off win over Park, As I said before, we're going to have a very baseball-heavy type of episode, but for good reason. There's been a lot of good baseball played, both at RCC and around the world. Joining me now is your favorite segment, the Hayden Kulik Power Hour. Now, for the segment that you all know and love, it is time to welcome back Mr. Hayden Cool for the Hayden Kooler Power Hour. As always, welcome back. Thank you for having me. You know what? We do this so often, every week, and we haven't figured out a way to introduce ourselves. You know? I, I know, we haven't. It's just the same thank you for having me, like a... Uh... I gotta be, I gotta say something else. (laughs) It's okay, you're on the spot. We'll figure it out eventually. I'm gonna sit in the room and be like, "All right, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so uh, today, as I mentioned to the listener, we are talking World Baseball Classic. Last night was the finale. It was Team USA defeating Team USA. Or Team Japan defeating USA. Yes. You know what? We're going to keep it in. Team Japan. One take, baby. Team Japan defeated Team USA, and it was a thriller. I thought this was one of the better baseball games I've watched. Um, I, on the top of my head, like I can think of a few, but this one ranks in the top 10 all time in yeah. my life. When it, when it comes to, like, straight-out good games, my favorite games are a little little different, but, like, that's for a different discussion. That's fair. We'll we'll have to make that one of the final episodes this year. Yeah, because I, I got some favorites in there. <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely one of the better games that we've seen in recent memory for sure. Yep. It was interesting to me how both teams went about their starting pitching. Coming into the day... It seemed as though it was gonna be Merrill Kelly of whatever team he plays for. I think it's Dynamax. Back. Yeah. yeah. Decent pitcher. Nothing mm-hmm. nothing too flashy with the guy. Nothing to write home about if we're being real. <laughs> yeah. But the world thought it was gonna be him against Darvish, you Darvish mm-hmm. starting for Team Japan, and it wasn't. And I think that really just threw off Team USA a lot, you know? Yeah, I think that was like such a good decision by Japan because I mean he still pitched in the game he did yeah he was like the middle inning guy right he came towards the end of the game I don't know how many innings he ended up completing but yeah that was a really good decision yep I mean you know the broadcast kept talking about their manager and I forget his name so apologies Mm -hmm. but he's such an innovator for the game of baseball Mm -hmm. so uh, credit to him for switching things up when everybody thought you should go with the one guy, and he didn't. Uh, I think uh, some teams should get that mentality and, like, playoff baseball. Play their best pitchers, know, regardless of whether they're a starter or a reliever. Yeah. Just play them when you need them. Exactly. If you find a spot, go for it. Because I remember uh, Garrett Cole said he was ready to come in at one point during oh, the playoffs. Yes. you remember that? Even though yes. he pitched like 110. Game seven of the 2019 World Series, the one where every away team won the game, mm-hmm. Garrett Cole was up and throwing in the sixth or seventh inning, and everybody thought he was going to come in once Zach Granke mm-hmm. kind of gave up a base run or something. And he was warming up. He was just in the bullpen with his big coat on and everything, never touched the mound. And the guy who came in for him gave up the go-ahead home run to Angels and somewhat of a Dodgers legend, legend, (laughs) Howie Kendrick. So (laughs) You uh, remembered that moment perfectly. (laughs) Dude, it's my favorite part, especially afterwards when he and Adam Eaton, also an Angels legend, uh, (laughs) celebrated in the dugout because their celebration that year was like shifting gears in a manual mm-hmm. stick shift car it was that's incredible that, that's that's great i have a great memory when it comes to that yeah i was like dude that was like perfect like it's like <laughs> you read that off a script. like that was off the, that was I, off the dome trust man. me nothing is in front of me you <laughs> listener nothing at all uh so the first question i have for you is we talked about it off air uh, the decision by Kyle Schwarber to swing three O with bases loaded, two outs in I think the sixth inning, something in the middle, with the hottest player in the universe, Trey Turner, on deck. What'd you think of it? Horrible. I mean if he I mean, if he made good contact with it we'd be saying something else, but I understand that normally the dude has the green light to swing. Mm-hmm. But um you're on a team full of players that, honestly, most of them are better bat than Schwarber. There's a y- lot of them that are better. In terms of contact, especially. Yeah, because yeah. that guy, he swings and he misses a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't even need to swing hard. No. Even if he were to swing, it's not like he had to take a hack at it and blow that out of the park. He just had to make decent contact. I mean. And three O. 0 the 3-0. Count. I know. I know. Everyone says take on a three o. I get in the regular season, you might have the green light to swing. But, dude. This is—you're literally, like, this, competing to be the best team in the world right now. You are—if you just do your job, not only do you tie the game with a run, mm-hmm. but you also are moving it along to the best hitter in the planet at yeah. the moment. And you swing at a pitch that—I mean, it was a fine pitch to swing at. I know, it, yeah. But not on 3-0. Not on 3-0. Dude. So that really killed momentum I for think that, Team USA. That's really what lost in the game. Yeah, they tried making a comeback. And, you know, Schwarber did make up for it with a home run off of Darvish mm-hmm. in the eighth inning. It was ain't a ma- like, <laughs> and an, Ain't nothing like uh, you, Darvish, giving up uh, <sighs> homers to Schwarber in the you, clutch, man. You Padre fan, man. I feel bad for you. You've <laughs> seen him do a couple things here and there, and it's just never worked out for him in no. the playoffs. But, you know, he did his job. He held it to one run. Now, he didn't lose it, so that that's, all that, that's all that mattered. Uh, but overall, it was... A decent pitching matchup and they also had a lot of hits in the game Mm. it was just nobody could find a way to score lots of double plays when they needed to be lots of pitching clutch for sure yes situational pitching definitely but the big moment probably a top three moment in all of baseball in the history of baseball which has been over 150 years ever since the like mid to late 1800s you have the best player in the world and here's the best part you don't know who I'm talking about nobody knows <laughs> who the best, best player, player in the world, in the world is. is it could be either of the two it could be the dude pitching the ball or it could be the dude at the plate exactly Mike Trout coming up with two outs down one run in the ninth inning against his teammate the man they call the unicorn Shohei Otani arguably number one and number two in baseball. The, in baseball, in the argument for best player in the world. I mean, everyone says that Sho has potential to go down as a GOAT. Yeah. Like the greatest of all time. So, But everybody's been saying for the last five years that Mike Trout is going to be the GOAT. Yeah. So just such a fun matchup. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you saw the whole Dude, matchup. It was an epic at bat, Incredible. too. It's not like it was three pitches. Like, no. Full count yeah. swinging strike. As an Angels fan, I was so torn on what to root for i kept telling my mom because she was rooting for team usa even when an angel was pitching for another team uh, i kept saying we root for angels (laughs) and then we root for country after yeah and uh in that case i said I said it to my dad, too. I just want extra innings. I want Mike Trout to hit a home run <laughs> off of Otani, and then uh, nothing else happened. No, no other runs. And You just wanted to go back and forth, Otani and uh, Trout hitting homers. Exactly. So, uh, such a cool moment. Not, that was definitely probably the best way to end the game. Either mm-hmm. that or it would have been, like you said, a homer, because... I don't know, full cow swinging strike. I mean, you don't see that often from Mike Trout in general, and for it to happen off of Otani, it's just we're probably never going to see that happen again. Here's the stat that I saw earlier today, and I thought this was just so incredible for both players. Uh, Mike Trout, in his history of at-bats, his career at-bats, has had three swinging strikes in one at-bat less than... Fifteen times, I believe, was the stat. Dang, he's had over three thousand career That's regrets. crazy. Yeah, and it came against his teammate. Did you see the 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 two guys walking out holding their nation's flags? Did you see that? No, video? I didn't. I didn't see that. It yeah, the coolest thing. You had Fox pregame; they're bringing out both teams to sing their respective national mm. anthems, and you've got. Team USA with Mike Trout, the captain, walking oh, it out. Oh, I did see that you video. did that, see that okay, video. Okay, that's the video yes. you're talking about, yeah. That video, I thought that was so cool, man. That, that was so cool, Overall, yeah. final question for you. What did you think of the World Baseball Classic in general? What was your favorite moment? Well, I'm going to start with what I thought. I think the office, opposite of... Who was it? Mets fans in general? Yeah, I think of all the Mets fans, <laughs> I think the opposite of... Who's the dude on the Mets that said that? Was it... uh, Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo. I was about to say Mark Cannon. I wasn't Mark Mm. Cannon. It was Brandon Nimmo. I think the opposite of a meaningless exhibition game. Yeah. What was it? Like 96% of all Japanese (sighs) televisions were tuned in to watch that final at bat. What a stat. Meaningless exhibition game. You have an entire country atop... I, I don't know how many people, population-wise, uh-huh. they are, but definitely a top twenty country in terms of population. Watching the at bats, regardless of the population, that's like an entire country. Yeah, it Lewis. doesn't even matter what country it is. Exactly. Not only that, but like, I don't know the percentage on the Super Bowl, but ninety-six percent of the entire country's televisions is insane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, far, far, far from away. meaningless. But uh. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't stress that enough. But um, my favorite part was seeing. It's kind of split a little bit. I love seeing all the Padres that played well, like yeah. hostile and Kim. Did went crazy, even though Korea wasn't in it for too long. Incredible performance by the game. Yeah, but. Um, probably Mexico going as far as they did. You know what, big they, Cinderella were. Story. they were a big, yeah, like you said, Cinderella story, sleeper team coming into Dude, it. I mean, like, I mean, and then once you once they got into it, you're like, well, dang, this team actually has a lot of good players. Yeah, incredible. They, you really don't realize how many, uh, Mexi- how many good Mexican baseball players there are. You think about, because Venezuela did really good, too. Mm-hmm. So you think about Dominican Republic, you think about Venezuela, no, like... It almost felt like Mexico was an afterthought, but no, they did really good. What I had wished was every team having full strength, Mm -hmm. all healthy guys currently, and seeing how much fun that would have been, because... Sure, the USA probably would have won it if they'd have had an incredible yeah, pitching staff. Yeah, they would staff. have had their like, full pitching yeah. staff. But I would have been really interested to see your guy, Jazz Chisholm, <laughs> playing for Great Britain. Uh, yeah, I think he could have helped them a lot, for sure, because Great Britain was kind of kind of weak in a lot of those games. Yep. They had the one win over, not Canada, but they, they played well against <laughs> one team. I yeah. think Mexico, actually. They may have been, they but like... No, because they got, like, blown out, I'm yeah. pretty sure, more than once. They did, yes. <laughs> also, one of the craziest stories is that uh, Italy made, yeah. like, the like the playoff round or whatever they it was. They advanced past the round robin. Yeah, yeah that's a... I thought that was crazy because it's so funny because there's like barely any Italian MLB players and two of them are Royals. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you also have the Fletcher brothers. Yeah. My, my guy, David Fletcher, mm-hmm. meme god. Yeah. Incredible dude. And his brother, Dominic, who plays mm-hmm. for the Diamondbacks minor league system. Oh, wow. They were both on that team also. I didn't, I didn't know that. I was yeah. thinking of Nicky Lopez and Vinny Pasquantino. Yep. Those guys are really good. So yeah. Italy has some good, some MLB talent. It's it's another one of those things. It's like, wow, why? It's like, I didn't know. The shocking guy who I didn't realize was Xander Bogart's playing for the Netherlands. Kingdom of the Netherlands. Dude, it's because they used to own so many different, like, countries and stuff. Because that's why, uh, because he's from, uh... give me a minute. We're going to wait on it. Uh, Here we go, listen. Aruba. Aruba. He's an Arubian Ah. baseball player. And then Jerkson Profar... Was also on the same team, yep. but he's from Curacao. Oh, yeah. Neither of them are from the Netherlands, but they both played for the Netherlands. They did say Kingdom of the Netherlands, so that's yeah. the kingdom we're talking about there. So it's all the different countries that they used to rule, yeah. rule basically. So to answer my own question, since you yeah. might be a little curious, my uh, of course I am. <laughs> my thoughts on the World Baseball Classic. I have never had as much fun watching sports the last month, mm-hmm. and the World Baseball Classic made it so much better. I loved watching all the games, staying up till like 11 o'clock. Uh, and you know, that's not too late, but mm-hmm. but just watching all the different teams. and my favorite part was night number one. the Cuban team versus the Netherlands and this dude with a horn an air horn just going nuts the whole game it was the most annoying but coolest thing I saw this this uh, classic I think the first game that I watched the classic I think it was night one or night two it was like Japan versus Australia oh or something gosh, like that. That was such a good game too. Yeah. Incredible times. No, but uh one other favorite thing that I had, I can't remember his name, but it was a Cuban player that was able to defect to America yes. during the classic. The catcher, the bullpen catcher for Cuba after they lost to Team USA mm-hmm. in the semifinals, uh he defected. He didn't hop on the flight back to Cuba. So, congrats yeah, to that guy. Good for him to get a. Uh, to get get out. into the States, man. Yeah. Uh, and then my final part before we wrap it up here is what was my favorite part? Favorite part. Uh, the Czech Republic. A bit of a sleeper answer, mm-hmm. but that team had no major league talent. Yeah. They had no chance mm-hmm. coming in. They barely made the qualifier by defeating Team Spain. Mm hmm. And they're a team made up of just everyday people with everyday jobs—an yeah. accountant, a neurologist, <laughs> uh, some other types of some dudes basic are just jobs. Love baseball, man. And the best part is they automatically qualify for the next World Baseball Classic because they didn't get last in their pool. That's crazy. It's so cool. So we get to see the Czech Republic mm. try and create another team in four years. That's a, that's crazy. No actual like MLB talent. It's nope. just some actual like Czech yep. baseball players, some just guys that love to play dudes. over there, that just really have a passion for baseball because ultimately that's what... World baseball classic is about the dudes that are truly passionate about yeah. it where the dude's playing it's world for a reason yeah i'd love to see it expand even more mm-hmm. uh i don't necessarily keep up on the qualifiers but mm-hmm. i'd be so interested to see if a african nation can make it that would be very interesting or uh, some other big countries mm-hmm. so like brazil for example or yeah. argentina that be sure really cool. After seeing this year's uh, World Baseball Classic, I'm sure a lot of other countries are really going to hop on it and yeah. be like, "Wow, that's a new." Mm-hmm. I'm all for global sports like World Cup, yep. Olympic stuff like best times when that happens. Well, cuz there's no other time when you actually get to see the best athletes in the world. Like, yeah, we say that about like the NFL, we say that about the NBA, but do we really know unless it's the actual world yeah. competing? Yeah. Because there's a lot of hidden, there's a lot of hidden talents out there in different countries that you'll never hear of until you see those like uh, types of matchups. Exactly. So that was our thoughts on the World Baseball Classic, Mister Hayden Kulik. Love having you on. Love talking it. Love, love chatting it up, man. Uh, we just released our second issue. Mm-hmm. It will be out by the time this uh, podcast comes out. Is there anything else you want to add before you take off? Uh, we worked hard on this one. Did some, a lot of stress went into this one. Blood, yep. sweat, and tears. Uh, shout out to the Woman in the World, Women's Month. We have a lot of uh, women, feminine, female related things in yep. this issue, so be sure to check it out. Yes. And for more stories, you can go to Viewpoints Online. You can see even more stories that we have there, specifically mm-hmm. all the sports stories that did make the issue. Yeah. They are online. So Hayden, always love talking to you, man. Good to see you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for having me, man. Finally, to round this episode up, we've got Buzzer Beater. Let's get started. In baseball, you just heard it Japan defeated the USA in the World Baseball Classic. In the world of Southern California baseball, you have the Angels reliever, Ben Joyce, who threw 105 miles per hour in college, he is potentially going to make the opening day roster. Moving on to Dodgers, there will be a battle for the opening day starter with either Clayton Kershaw or Julio Urias getting the nod opening day. Finally, with the Padres, Juan Soto suffered a minor oblique strain but should be back around the start of the season. He might miss the first few games, but we'll see how that goes. Next up, we have basketball. And here's a sad moment. Willis Reed passed away at the age of 80. He was known as the captain for the New York Knicks and played for the team during the 70s and a bit of the late 60s. May he rest in peace. In other news for basketball, the Clippers just had Paul George go down with a potentially serious injury. Uh, the Clippers fear he may be out for the rest of the season. We will see what happens there, but a very bad timing for an injury, especially this late in the season. With the Lakers, you have Austin Reeves, who has played so well that he might just get enough money to go anywhere and be a starter and get possibly fifteen to twenty million dollars a year, it'd be insane. Uh, I love him as a Lakers fan. I think he's deserving of every penny, but you know the Lakers have to pay a guy, so that's the Lakers headline there. Moving on to football, the big headline out of the NFL recently is Cam Newton trying to make a comeback and play for any team that is willing to take them. We'll see how that one comes about. For the Chargers, not much has really happened with them besides mock drafts, although their top headline is the Saints trying to have a joint practice with them. It's going to be interesting how that might work because New Orleans is halfway across the country, and I don't know where they would practice, but it's a weird matchup of teams. Finally, For the Rams, my team, uh, sadly, Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd are no longer on the team. The Rams are cutting cap. They are getting rid of some long and very expensive contracts to try and retool. And unfortunately, the two Super Bowl winning players are not on the team anymore. Next up is hockey. Hockey. Fanatics is going to be the new producer of jerseys. It's an interesting move with Adidas having been the main producer for so many years. So we'll see what Fanatics looks like when they come out with their jerseys. With the Anaheim Ducks, their biggest headline is a winning streak sending them up the standings in the league, but it's not what they want to be doing. They're trying to tank. They're trying to get the number one overall pick because it's such an electric player with Connor Bedard. I don't know what the Ducks are doing. They've gotten better since the deadline, but here they are trying to win now. Finally, for the LA Kings, the team is actually two points back of not only being the top team in the Pacific division, but the entire Western Conference. They're playing really good hockey. As a Golden Knights fan, I'm a little worried. Uh, I don't like the Kings, to be honest, because they're my rival, but uh, you know, good on them. They've had a couple retooling years and now they're back. And finally, we have World Sports. The biggest thing in World Sports lately has been Bally Sports, a major broadcast network that carries about 50% of major sports teams they are about to go bankrupt. It's been a big issue for the last couple weeks, but it's especially gotten worse within the last week. And all the teams that are under their contract with Bally sports may not be broadcast any longer. We'll see how that one develops. It is still an ongoing conversation. The last two things I have for you. First off from Formula One Red Bull Racing finished in the top two spots, and this time Sergio Perez won the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Good for him. Love that dude. He is my favorite of the two uh, drivers for Red Bull, but uh, good on Perez for winning. And finally, the in the world of soccer, you have the qualifiers for the Euros tournament beginning next week. So all the Euro... All the European nations, rather, are going to be competing to try and win the Euros in just a couple years. And that is going to do it for this episode of Chew the Clock. As always, you can find our issue at viewpointsonline.org or you can pick one up around campus in the orange boxes wherever you see them. This episode was recorded once again on March 22nd. And so we hope that you find our issue as well because it was a feminine based issue. Lots of stories about women in the society, sports world, and other segments like that. Uh, next week, I will be back. We will have plenty to talk about, potentially some new faces. We'll see. But until then, this has been Peter Gibbs saying so long for no.